Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? FCS podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined as always over the airwaves with my wonderful friend, the Sean Anderson. And after yesterday, the world of sports was turned on its head. Is that not right, Sean? I wish the superlative that you would have given me for this show was the world's biggest Knicks fan, Sean Anderson. Oh, uh uh-huh. Actually, you thought I, I was that clever. <laughs> I may become a Nets fan just because I love how they're taking over. I love it. I love it. I love you, seeing wait, 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 the Knicks wait. tank fall in shambles. I can't get enough of it. I. What I, do you mean taking over? Kevin Durant's not going to play potentially the whole year. They're still a better team. Eh. We'll see if Kyrie eh. can actually handle himself without being a distraction like he was for the Celtics and also for the very end of his time with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, I mean, is that not bogus that they brought in? I mean, I, I like the KD signing a lot. I don't. I but why do you need Kyrie when you have uh, D'Angelo Russell, who was an absolute star for you and brought you out of the dim-lidded basement of the NBA into a team that was actually surprising people, and uh, you ship him off to Golden State? That's the, pretty the, gross to yeah. me. The Nets are one of those teams that don't really reflect much loyalty in that situation. And I understand players aren't doing it as much, but I guess they thought that it was better off. They were better off with Kyrie. They could market Kyrie a little bit better because he's obviously a um, a local kid from West Orange. Um, I don't know. I guess I think that they thought that uh, D'Angelo Russell would be better off elsewhere. But the uh, you know, as much as you made fun of me for my tweet, by the way, about how there's only 15 Nets fans. I, it's just astonishing to me that they all wanted to go to the Nets of all places yeah. when nobody goes to those games. No, but nobody goes to those games at all. They will now. I I would not be surprised if they're still at the bottom of, in attendance. Really? Yeah. Really? Did, you know, did you know that they were in the bottom half? Not even the bottom half. They were in like the bottom 10 uh, for attendance and they were a playoff team. They had the lowest attendance for a playoff team last year. It's It's pretty disturbing that that a uh, group of guys talented guys would be willing to play there just for you know just for the hell of it yeah fine with me as long as they're not it's the fun. knicks as long as they're not the knicks all right Golly. uh can i ask you this though do you not know what schadenfraud means no i've said this word to you before yeah and i i'm sure it went right through one ear and out the other um for anyone that doesn't know what schadenfraud means it means um Getting gaining satisfaction from another person's misery, and Sean and I, if you want to go check Twitter, had exchanged a wonderful set of tweets uh, yesterday after the Kevin Durant news broke, just bickering back and forth on whose team was worse. And apparently, I was not allowed to point out that the Wizards um, not did that not moment. get their home, you know, their hometown guy in Kevin Durant. We weren't even in the running. 
He'll exactly. play fresh like point. Jordan did, and then he'll get us a ring. It's going to be cool, Joe. Don't worry. Yeah, when Kevin Durant's like 60. Fine by me. He doesn't even have an Achilles anymore. Fine by me. You know who you guys need? <laughs> Phil Jackson. Oh, jeez. Oh, Don't even get me started <laughs> with <laughs> Phil Jackson. Oh, <sighs> oh nice. Um, all right. We got a lot to talk about today after last week's episode was very jam-packed with quarterback conversation. We're moving on to running backs today, but before we can get to that, we're going to hit our news and social media as always first. And the first thing being a more so overlapping news announcement. Um, if you did not see on the Believe Twitter account or uh, Instagram or also on the website, Believe is partnering with Black Label Media. So we are uh, teaming up with a production company that produced La La Land. They've also produced movies like Sierra Burgess is a Loser, uh, Sicario, a uh, day of the Solado and twelve strong. So Soldado, Soldado. Oh, yeah. I and mean, what else do you expect from me? I'm not good at pronouncing. I don't know. Stuff. I, I maybe a little prep. <laughs> Was I supposed to look up how to maybe pronounce? Maybe a that? little. No, maybe look up how to read. You may, maybe you should. <laughs> maybe you should. What should uh, I do? <laughs> no, if, if you you should peruse the document for words that you know I'm not going to be able to pronounce. <laughs> oh, and. Because that's really? your job. Yeah, you're the <laughs> chief officer of pronunciation. Uh, because you you know you know very well that you're better at it than I am. Okay, Joe, I'm gonna start you off with one right here. Okay. The school right. Duquesne, it's now it's not pronounced Duquesne. All right. It's I know that I've Duquesne. You said Duquesne the first time we recorded. I that was the very first you know, episode we did. Duquesne is pr- pronounced Duquesne, not Duquesne. I know. I well, know. I'm scanning. You, you did not know it was pronounced Duquesne. You didn't even here. know what Duquesne was when we started recording. Let's see here. Uh, the last name. Uh, no, we'll save that one. Let's see. What Let's else? Wait until we get to it. We'll wait until we get. Actually, I have a very hard name to pronounce when we get to the small school Saturday stuff. We'll get to okay. that in a second, there, gotcha. Sean. All right. But we're, uh, believe, is partnering with a production company that produced uh, films that's seeking a way to get into um, audio production because they recognize that, and I'm most of the people in uh, podcast production recognize that podcasts are t- starting to gain a lot of traction. They're starting to become a lot bigger. Um, so I'm not 100% sure about the details of what kind of additional stuff that Believe will be bringing on. Um, now with Black Label Media, but it's still a big deal, and there's obviously more growth to come in the future. I, I'm pretty excited. I mean, some of the biggest podcasts in the world have really high production value, mm-hmm. uh, the music, the quality, everything. I mean, they have legitimate, legitimate producers uh, that are producing this. So, I, I mean... You don't think it, we're legit producers? No, 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 I am. And uh, <laughs> Oh, you uh, are. <laughs> My guy buys a $300 pair of headphones and you he's buy, a legit uh, producer. My guy buys a $300 microphone and he's a legit producer. Yeah. yeah. There we are. Okay, okay fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any more news? Uh, no. Uh, so the next thing, and not as much news because there's not much of a headline generated from it, but it still goes in tandem with the UConn situation because, as we mentioned last week, we're probably going to be talking about this for the next month or so. But this is off of a talking point that we had last week. And that talking point was the potential for JMU 
to slide into the AAC in replacement of UConn, who is leaving for the Big East and has left their football team uh, without a home. So Mike McFeely from Inforum was reporting that there is speculation that they would fit perfectly in the division playing against some of the teams that are in the same general area. But at the time, there has not been any invitation extended by the AAC as well as um, UConn's representatives were not really providing any information if they're seeking trying to get that opportunity. But do you think that it's the same question I asked last week. Do you think that this could be a potential fit if, if JMU wanted to make that move up? Uh, I, I mean, it's a lot of competition in the AAC. I know UConn gets a bad rap because they haven't been that good in the last couple of years, but the AAC is strong. So I I, it's, I think it would actually be pretty tough for JMU in that conference. Uh, from I mean, around the other conferences in FBS, I, I mean, they're all going to be the same for JMU to start. It's all going to be pretty tough. One thing that I that was pointed out in the article, and I didn't even know this, but JMU has, I think, one of the highest budgets out of any FCS school. They have a $50 million athletic budget. So if anyone has the resources to do so, it probably would be James Madison. Oh, I could, um, yeah. Okay. So the last <laughs> piece of news, yeah, good, good uh, transition there. Two pieces last, of news. Yeah. The oh, two pieces of news. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing has Sean and I very steamed up. If you saw us on Twitter, uh, but the next thing before we get to that though is another small school Saturday from Jim Nagy, who I is a wonderful follow. If you love college football and also if you love the NFL draft, because he is the uh, director of player personnel for the Senior Bowl. So last week we talked about who the guys he had on his small school Saturday, and he's going to keep doing that, it appears. So we're going to keep talking about uh, small school Saturday here on the FCS podcast. So this time he posted for his big board, the FCS guys on this list, uh, Elijah Bell from North Carolina A&T. And then one guy that Sean and I are very excited about that we love to talk about, A.J. Hines from Duquesne, um, Jeremy Chin safety from Southern Illinois, Josh Pearson, wide receiver from Jacksonville state, who we will be talking about likely next week. And this is the name that's going to kick my ass uh, from Portland state, Charlie Tomoepeo tight end. Um, and then the last one, Rashad Robinson from JMU, who is a cornerback. How did I do on the name, Sean? I, I mean, three for four. Three for four. Eh. Was there four names? Did I say four names? Yes. I think I th- no, I said five names. You're okay, wrong. four for five. Four for five. So the final thing, and Sean, do you want me to drop Why are you the- flipping it on me? You find yeah. a way to flip <laughs> flip something that you've done incorrectly onto my, yeah. <laughs> onto it's your my fault. mistake. You have, to, you have to make sure I'm pronouncing stuff right. It's all your fault. <laughs> now, the last thing that we want to talk about is not FCS news, but it's football-related and sports-related. And uh, for anyone who grew up playing sports, it's very relevant. Now, Sean, do you think I should drop the audio fully or should I just implore people to go check it out on Twitter? Uh, I mean, it can't hurt to drop the audio full. Okay. Well, we'll find out in post-production what I do when you're listening. We'll find out in post. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If you saw on Sean and I's Twitter, we were talking about um, this campaign video 
called The Ride Home. And in the video, it's depicting a situation where a kid is picked up after a soccer game and his dad is reeling into him and, and talking to him about, you know, if he cares, if he actually wants to be there, not to waste his time, that whole situation. Just and really the is a end, strong word. Yeah. And uh, at the end of it, it's trying to say that a lot of 70% yes, yeah, 70% of athletes at that young age quit before um, they get to high school just because sports don't become fun to them because of the pressure from their parents. So it's trying to point out the negatives of the quote-unquote ride home. It seemed like you wanted to hang out with your friends more than practice. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. You know, just tell me. Because you can do that anytime. Maybe... We can skip your next game. Hmm? Because choosing to waste your time, that's one thing. But wasting my time and your coach's time? That's selfish. You don't care about other people. You don't care about hard work. You don't care about teamwork. That's why you're always on the bench. Every time it matters. Now, Sean, why don't you talk to us about your thoughts on the rides home that you have been through. Now, I know there are some parents that can go overboard with their kids' sports, but this campaign looks like somebody who uh, probably got grilled uh, by their parents or their coaches, and then they decided, oh, uh, I'm still not a stable human at the age of 30, so I'm going to develop this <laughs> campaign uh, because I don't do anything. So I'm going to develop this campaign and try to make sports as inclusive as possible and make sure that everybody is nice to each other and that there's going to be uh, no real fundamental structure of what sport is and what it teaches and what it's supposed to develop. And if you look at anybody that has made it to the professional level or college level or has excelled in high school, I mean, all that they ever talk about is working hard. That's all they ever talk about. So in this, uh, you need to be pushed to work hard at the young ages uh, while you're still developing. You have to have that ingrained in you. Some people don't want to work hard. Some people aren't that athletically uh, gifted necessarily to go professional. Um, the kid in, I mean, it's unlikely that that kid is in the in the video would go professional. But one thing that they would know if they did keep playing sports and they did want to keep getting better is how to work hard and improve themselves. And with this whole, we're not going to uh, push you as parents. We're not going to take it seriously. I mean, I think every phrase in that video has been uttered to me at least once by my pops. <laughs> I, uh, I, I yeah. haven't told this story on air, but uh, in eighth grade, uh, me and uh, my dad was my has been my coach my entire life for like every sport. So baseball, uh, my eighth grade year, we were playing in just the the regional house house league uh, little league championship versus another team in the same uh, in the same what do I want to say um, league same league, same league. Okay. like we just everyone played with each other split up into three teams. We're playing one of the three teams. And I'm pitching, and I give up like eight runs and two innings, and we lose the game Jesus. by, by – Yeah, and we lose the game by one run. And then later, uh, we're going on to 
the uh, military base for some reason. My dad pulls out his wallet. He has a picture of me in his wallet uh, from when I was a little baby. And he turns around to the car, looks to the guy that he's handed the wallet to, says, oh, looks like I'm going to need new. Looks like I'm going to need a new pic- picture. I'm just going to throw this out. Oh, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> so, so what's your, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> my point is, that's a pretty light video. It's a pretty light video. You know, if you aren't at practice uh, looking to get better and you're looking to just hang out with your friends. I mean, friends is the reason I'm still, you know, everyone's still playing college football. Everyone loves the locker room. People want to stay. Everyone has opportunities to go other places. But once you develop these relationships, you want to stay in in the, the locker room. At least that's for me. And it's just a, they make a lot of good points. The da- I'm agreeing with the dad in the video. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was pro the conversation at first. I, th- I started watching it and then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The 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 one thing that I took away from this though is from all the the car ride home conversations that I've had or that my not that I've had that my dad's had to me. I think of it this way. If you didn't play like crap, that conversation didn't happen. Yeah. So the the reality of the situation is that these things happen when you play horribly. You, it, it motivated you to play better to an extent. I know it's not the healthiest way to do so, but if someone's not sitting there and telling you you did a horrible job, because in some cases, um, other parents who are coaches don't really want to do that to other kids that aren't their own son. So, it, you know, if your dad, right, right, if your dad's not sitting there having that conversation with you and telling you you need to put a better effort in, otherwise, don't waste your time, don't waste everyone else's time. What's going to motivate you? What is going to motivate you? Are we that soft at this point in time yes. that 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 youth sports is just about everyone going out there and having a jolly good time and just you know goofing around on the field? That's not sports. At least just just yeah. drop your kid off at a park and let them do whatever they want. If they come home, they come home. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> is that a, you know that that'll that'll be a better determinant if your kid will survive or not. Just leave them oh at the park God. and see if they make it home. <laughs> if you're not gonna if you're not I, gonna oh have God. those conversations with your kid, just drop them off. Just don't come back for them. <laughs> I don't know. I I I think there are people that are born uh athletes and they're people that aren't born athletes but that's not mm-hmm. to say that anybody can't be good at a sport yeah and it just depends on that i think that's the major key in my eyes anybody can be good at a sport they just have to have the right discipline and focus so the takeaway here though is if you don't want to have that conversation don't be garbage that's the that's the takeaway <laughs> or get better <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is just don't be don't be bad. No one's going to give you a hard time if you don't suck. If you're good, okay. if you play well and you stand out. <laughs> yes, you don't even need to stand out. If you do your job, you know, it's a it's a, it's a it's a good day. It's a good day. God. Why are you going so to the extreme? <laughs> it's the truth, though. I'm it's trying to truth. stay moderate, uh, leaning slightly. Uh, pro dad in the video you're going complete dad 
Like the kid. Yeah. The kid. I'm gonna. You act like I'm not gonna do that to my kids. I'll do it to my kids. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's all I know. I'm gonna do exactly. I mean, I probably won't pull the the baby picture card yeah. that my dad pulled on me, but uh, I'll, I'll. I mean, what? I'm just gonna sit there idly by and let them, you know, waste everybody's time. No, no, no. They're either gonna get you either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They. You know, I'm gonna have to teach them how to get better. All right, on that note, after we had that wonderful conversation about leaving kids at parks. <laughs> Off the rails. Off the rails. We are going to get into the top running backs for FCS football in 2019. Sean, are you excited about this list? Joe. Yes. We've done, I'd, I'd like to say, at least 10 to 11 episodes of this show, correct? Yeah. Okay. And every episode, I when, when we get to the running backs, I've stated, this is my favorite part. Yes. So that's why I was asking you that. Yes. Well, I'm not going to start screaming, but uh, okay. yeah, I'm very excited. You're uh, trying to control your excitement. Yeah, I'm just trying tell. to stay a little professional here. Okay. First guy on our list, and we mentioned him already. We're going to get right into it, folks, is AJ Hines from Duquesne. And again, I would like to state that this list is in no particular order. We'll see if the Believe guys adhere to that, but (laughs) this list is in no particular order. But if we wanted to put this list in order, A.J. Hines would definitely be at the top of it. A.J. Hines, Uh, number one, click to see the next nine. (laughs) Number four may surprise you. (laughs) What are we, clickbait now? (laughs) Um, A.J. Hines, though, is... Easily the most legitimate pro prospect on this list. And um, maybe not 100% in his play style, but as far as hype and uh, the speculation surrounding him and how good he can be, it kind of reminds me that we had of Terrence West when he was at Towson. Um, His pro career didn't work out that well, but for a period of time, he was pretty good in his first few years when he was with the Cleveland Browns. That being said, though, A.J. Hines is a very similar build. He's 5'11", 225, has that great build for a bell cow running back. Um, and you can just see it in, in, in when you look at him in person. He's all muscle. He's a strong dude. He's a tough guy to bring down. So he answers his senior year first among active players with 3,849 rushing yards and 38 touchdowns. So out of any returning running back, he has the most yards. Um he had literally too many accolades that I could even write down. Like the, I looked at his bio on Duquesne and I had to keep scrolling. There was an obscene amount of accolades. So I'm not even going to list all of them because it would probably take up the whole episode. Last season though, he had 1,520 rush yards on 266 attempts, 15 touchdowns. Uh, his long was only of 38, but he's not an incredible burner. So I'm not really that concerned about that. Uh, 126.7 rush yards per game, 5.7 yards per carry, which is an astounding statistic to even uh, consider with the amount of yards that he had. His receiving game was not that in-depth, 13 receptions for 236 yards and two touchdowns. And then finally, 1,756 all-purpose yards. So when I got to take a look at A.J. Hines, who there was a ton of film on, um, the uh, the couple of things that I noticed is that he really runs through tackles. He's got that great leg churn you want to see from a, a powerful running back. You really need to wrap up. You need to 
get your arms locked around his legs. Otherwise, he's just going to fight straight through through any form of contact. Uh, he bullies anyone if you try to arm tackle him. Like it's not even worth considering if you're going to arm tackle against him. Um, he has very good ad- agility. He makes very good cuts for a guy that's a little bit on the heavier side for a running back. He's also very very patient. He kind of reminds me of that level of patience that we see from Le'Veon Bell or Arian Foster, where he comes to the line, he evaluates the situation, and then he hits the hole hard. He's not rushing anything. He's not guessing. He knows what he's looking for because he has that experience from playing so much at the FCS level. And finally, I said he's not really that fast, but he has very good burst. Once you hit that second level, he's able to fly and get going and completely break away from tacklers and finish off those long runs. You want me to get in my guy? Uh, go ahead, unless you got any thoughts on AJ Hines. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, he's got one more season. I can just see him breaking every record at Duquesne, and I can see him going for uh, FCS records as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for him. Uh, my guy, uh, my first running back, James Robinson, running back for Illinois State. He's 5'10", 220, really good build. Uh, 1,290 rush yards last year on 205 attempts. He had 12 touchdowns. 6.3 yards per carry, uh, averaged 117.3 yards per game. Uh, last year, he caught 21 balls for 164 yards and one touchdown. And when uh, I was watching his uh, highlight tape on YouTube and his film, uh, which thank you for, for developing one, this guy's legit. That's the first thought that came to my mind. Uh, his balance is superb. He has excellent vision, uh, and he's got every – tool in the toolbox he can make people miss from distance and in a phone booth i mean he just knows when to use what move and he does it very well uh he's a strong runner uh he does have breaker breakaway speed uh, i'd say once it i'd say once an, a, a defender does get their uh arms around him uh it's hard for him to to reaccelerate his acceleration once he gets through the line uh of scrimmage is very good uh, but when it gets down to the field, if he does uh, have any contact, you don't see him uh, bursting it down for another 40. Uh, but it means he's already 20 yards down the field anyway, so that doesn't matter as much. Uh, I mean, he's fast. He's strong. He throws dudes around. He is agile. Uh, and if I mean, if I had one thing that he needed to develop, I mean, he's a runner first. You could tell by his stats here. Uh, he does need to develop himself into receiver as well for the next level. I mean, that's just for everybody also. It's not just Robinson. But I think every running back in this division needs to be both an excellent runner and an excellent receiver if they do want the shot. Yeah, the interesting thing, and we're going to keep going with some of these stats when we announce them and we're talking about the guys, is a lot of them are not really used as receiving backs. So it's not like a huge knock on them. It's just it's more so the style of playing the FCS, especially for these guys, tends to be a bit more run heavy. Their focus tends to be um, fighting for yards on the ground rather than catching the ball in the air. Right. But I do agree with you. Some of these guys do need to work on that if they want to extend their opportunities to keep playing. Next person we have on our list, again, in no particular order, Pierre Strong Jr. from South Dakota State, 5'11", 195. He was a freshman last year, if I'm correct, so he needs to put on a little bit more weight, and hopefully with that first real offseason, he probably has had the ability to add on a little bit more bulk. 
He had 1,116 rush yards on only 177 attempts. Did not really have a huge workload in his first year as a featured back. That did not stop him from getting 14 rushing touchdowns. And then you can see very apparent with his statistics, 6.3 yards per carry. Um, that kind of shows how he was able to rush for so many yards despite not even hitting 200 carries. One thing that really stood out to me is that he's not a heavy back, but he plays a lot bigger than his size. And that's really a promising thing to see from a younger guy because when they don't have that weight behind them, once they finally bulk up and get stronger and get more explosive, they're going to be very hard to take down. And when I say that he's much, he plays much bigger than his size, what I mean by that is he's not afraid of contact. He fights through guys. He gets into um, situations where he's able to break through tackles and just overall not afraid of contact, which is a great thing to see from a first-year player. The other thing it's very important to note about Pierre Strong uh, is that he was able to take over games when they gave him the opportunity to do so. So they did not lean on him as much as I think we would have hoped, and South Dakota State fans probably want to see some more carries for him, but he was able to take over games when he got those carries, when he got those looks, uh, including a game, I'm blanking on the opponent, but whoever's listening, I'm sure you can confirm who it is. He rushed for over 200 yards because they used him as a primary featured back in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean, if it is somebody that you can – lean on like that to, to just say, here, take the rock, do your thing. I mean, that's a really good sign for your team. Uh, my next guy, Elijah Dotson, running back from Sacramento State, six feet tall, 190 pounds, 1,154 rush yards last year on 185 carries, averaged 115.4 yards per game, uh, averaged 6.2 yards per carry. He had nine rushing touchdowns, a long of 83. Uh, and I watched his film, and I think it was the uh, the game versus Cal Poly, uh, what I realized, he's fast. He's very fast. Uh, that's it's just you could tell. I mean, there's the when you're looking to see how fast a guy is uh, when you get with when you get them running straight within a five yard segment on the field. You want to see how many times their feet touch within the five five yards. You know that shows you how quick their feet are, how fast they are. This dude, I mean, his feet are just flying through the the dashes on the field. And you need to touch him before he gets to five yards past the line of scrimmage or else he's just going to burn you and do serious damage. He's just a vicious runner is what I would describe it as. And uh, when he was in high school, he had one of, uh, I'd say, Max Preps uh, on YouTube, one of the early run of the year candidates where he busts a run open for 75 yards uh, and hits, I mean, three Derrick Henry stiff arms down the field. Oh. People just don't – they couldn't compete with him. Wow. And it's nice to see that they are starting to not be able to compete with him at this level also. Right after him and another freshman, Ulonzo Gilliam, UC Davis, a bit more compact, only at five foot nine. But last year when they were able to use him, despite mostly being a heavy passing offense with Jake Mayer – he had 186 carries for a pretty impressive 976 rushing yards. In addition to that, 13 touchdowns, finishing off runs very, very well, 5.2 yards per carry. And then he was also used a bit more than some of the other guys on this list as a receiving weapon. 
particularly as we spoke of last week. Jake Mayer loves to use him in dump-off situations. 57 receptions, not a great average on those receptions. 385 yards and a decent four touchdowns. So the more impressive number for him rather than both of those is that he had 1,361 all-purpose yards. Very, very promising from a younger running back. Um, you know, being at five foot nine, it's very tough to be a consistent leaned on runner, but he, again, another guy that does not shy away from contact. Um, he's an aggressive guy. He's, you know, plays a lot bigger than, than his size. Like I said, uh, for, uh, Pierre strong jr, but promising things coming from him, especially when he has Jake Mayer coming back this season. Uh, the next guy on the list here and, I could tell Joe is really excited about this guy because he threw an exclamation point within the stat numbers. Uh, Josh Davis, running back from Weber State. Ring a bell, Joe? Uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to make sure. All right. Uh, simmer down over there. He was the Jerry Rice winner, uh, National Freshman of the Year. Uh, he's 5'9", 195. He had 250 carries, 1,362 rush yards, and nine touchdowns last year. And I'm going to do this the way Joe wrote it. Along of 95, uh, he averaged 113.5 yeah, <laughs> yards per game, 5.4 yards per carry, and 30 receptions for 193 yards. He also had a punt return touchdown uh, last year, and he had a couple punt returns that should have gone to the house, uh, but uh, they did not. From the film that uh, the lovely people at Weber State put up, uh, they actually put it up, Joe. Like they're like their YouTube channel. Really? Yeah. Weber State Athletics. First. Not just one of the uh not just player run, but I thought that was pretty cool that they did that for him. Uh he disappears behind his lineman, then shoots the gap. Like on that run for ninety five yards, he dances in the backfield and at the line of scrimmage for about a second, two seconds, and then goes. So he's just hard to track when there's traffic. And then uh, he has very good lateral movement, and he's fast. But that, he, but he's not the fastest player on the field. I mean, if he has a, a 5 to 10-yard lead on somebody uh, that's running straight behind him, they're not going to catch him. But if it's a DB with a good angle, they're probably going to catch him. Uh, but he is also only a freshman. This is really impressive to be on this list as a freshman. I mean – his accolades speak for themselves. He's a really good runner. He's all purpose. I mean, he could he can catch the ball. He can do it all. Yeah, you pointed out how he's very patient in finding those run lanes, and that's very prom- promising. Oh God, horrible voice crack. Mm. Um, very promising to see from a freshman that was someone who was a freshman last year that they're able to be that patient. They're able to pick up those things and have great awareness. Um, next person we have. And very little film on him. Uh, Wesley Duggar from Davidson, six foot one ninety two, a little bit slimmer for running back, but one thousand one hundred and twenty five yards despite only rushing on one hundred and eighty eight carries. Sixteen touchdowns. They relied on him very heavily in the red zone. And uh, second guy, second straight guy that they hold on, had hold on. in an astronomical long. Oh, thank you for putting in the exclamation point. He was one <laughs> yard short of Josh Davis. But he still had a long of 94, and that run, he just – he was gone. The minute he found the hole, he was gone. He literally took off in the one play when I saw that. Um, it was the only play I got to really find of him, but it was really worth getting to watch that. He's very, very good at finishing runs. 
<laughs> Keep it a light here. All right, yeah. next running back, Aaron Shamplin, Harvard running back, 5'10", 180, 173 carries last year, 1,053 yards and nine touchdowns, 105.3 yards per game, and he averaged 6.1 yards per carry. He's the best player on Harvard's offense. Uh, that's just – that's clear to see. Uh, I know everybody game plans for uh, for them uh, in the Ivy League. Uh, and I know he's only 5'10", 180, and it seems small, but his stiff arms are absolutely vicious. I don't know what – I don't know why. It's just that's his best move. I mean, a lot of running backs on here are burners or they can hit a, tr- a, a mean truck stick. I mean, he just creates – even more separation with the stiff arm. It's it's almost not even. It's like it's like an old school straight arm, Joe. Hmm. Like he will keep it on the defender from front. Uh, he'll keep he'll put it on the defender when he's approaching from the front, and he'll keep it on until the defender is directly behind him. Okay, it is an so, old school straight arm, and it just works. So Sean and I were talking before this, and we were trying to recall if we remembered him when we played Harvard this past year <clears throat> and he did play against Harvard but he did not have a very remarkable game 14 carries for only 65 yards and a 4.6 yard average so uh, it seems like we were able to hold him in check but that did not mean he was not running all over Ivy League defenses uh, during the rest of the season right after him and sadly very little to watch on him Isaiah and Fonzie Montana State, five foot ten, one ninety, definitely on the lighter and smaller side, but he still was leaned on heavily uh, with a lot of carries, one hundred and ninety six carries for one thousand and twenty five yards, and a pretty impressive seven touchdowns as well. Only one receiving touchdown, but five point two yards per carry. A little bit more of a, a classic style um, bell cow kind of guy, but despite not being that big because they really did not use him in the receiving game at all. Yeah, I just – I would like to get a lot more film on these guys. Film yeah. highlights anything. If you're a player and you're listening, uh, I just think it is valuable to develop your own highlight tape. Uh, not even yeah, for want, not even it, for slappies like us, but for, like, legitimate people. <laughs> hey, man, at least I actually have game tape. Oh you don't. God. Okay. Oh, I don't? Uh, oh, I got game tape. <laughs> Oh yeah, on uh, on on uh, field goal. Oh, oh, field goal too. Okay, let's get it going. Oh, dude, I long snapped the other day. I know I can take your position. No, you. I can. know I can take your spot. No, you. I can. was snapping it back fifteen yards. No, no waiver. It was probably one of those snaps that no. everyone's like, "Yo, I could long snap," and the thing just like floats back there. It's like nope. a one it was second on, snap on a dime. It was awesome. Uh-huh. I'm snapping frozen probably, ropes. They were probably flipping all over the place on just different nope. locations every nope. time inconsistent we're not going to get into can this i get right to now. my uh, yes yeah who's your guy simmer down over there my guy calvin turner jr athlete jacksonville six foot one 195 i know you like what i did there uh yeah. last year he played uh quarterback and running back and receiver and when he was a freshman he played linebacker uh, last wow. year, he was 20 for 50 passing. He had 53 tackles as linebacker, also his freshman year. Uh, he was a sophomore last year. <clears throat> Pardon me. He was 20 for 50 passing, four interceptions, 377 pass yards, and one touchdown. On the ground running, 206 attempts, 1,431 yards, 17 touchdowns. 
And as Joe alluded to in the notes here, no impact as a receiver, one reception for 13 yards and one touchdown. Uh, uh, he has one of the filthiest dead legs I have ever seen. Why don't you elaborate on what a dead leg dead is leg, for our listeners? It's a, it's a juke where it it's like a it's like a hezzy move in basketball, and it's okay. just you're leaning one way, but your body and your legs are going another way, and you take a big kind of straight legged plant. Uh, as a misdirection against the defender, and you just blow right by him if it's done properly without really missing a stride. I mean, he's. I mean, it's just something to watch. If you if you go to you just go to YouTube, type in Calvin Turner Jr. You'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, he doesn't get caught from behind when he's running. I mean, he just. I mean, he's a burner. Uh, he's a tall runner, but he's very fluid. And I wrote this in the notes. Think anti Roger Craig. Why do you Joe? say that? Uh, because say that? Roger Craig is like the poster child for running straight up, knees straight up. Uh, it's a stiff runner. This guy is just fluid. And, and then, he's very James Conner-esque, though, I'd like to point out. Who? Uh, Calvin Turner, because that's what – this not the quarterback stuff, but uh, James Conner was originally a linebacker, and they – they moved him to uh No, no, no. He's not back. James Conner-esque because James Conner is 220 and he runs like he's 220. Calvin Turner Ooh, Jr. is okay. 6'1", 195, and he runs like a What I'm saying like as far DB as the, the, the position change. Oh, okay. Got it. Thank you. Can I get back on track? Yes, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's a, a phenomenal athlete. He could play, uh, I mean, every position on the field if they were to uh, isolate him at that. But he needs to find offensive structure, I believe, if he wants to go to the league. It's too much scrambling when he's a quarterback, too much relying on him to pull a rabbit out of a hat, which for a highlight tape, you see him and defenses can't really game plan for a scramble. So he's such a good athlete, he can burn them down the field and shake everybody because they're not planning for it. Uh, But for NFL looks, they, I mean, people need to see you running an offense or being an instrumental part of the offense and doing things that they do in the NFL. Well, if he's going to be playing any quarterback, uh, if he gets that opportunity, he's probably just going to be used as a wildcat guy. Right. Um, it's just a good weapon to have, yeah. which is pretty much how they used him. I was just going to say, you know, when they, I mean, he's like an NFL runner though, like for a running back. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying like, if, if they could just get him some regular running back snaps and let him do his thing, I mean, he's just such a good athlete. It'd be hard to pass on him. Right after our man Calvin Turner Jr., Deshaun Waller from Alcorn State, five foot eleven, two ten. He had 186 carries last year, 1,206 yards and 12 touchdowns. And I just loved watching his tape that I found on him. He is very, very feisty for a guy that's not very big. He runs like he's Derrick Henry as far as um, if he was six foot three and two hundred and forty pounds, but he's obviously not even close to that. He hits whoa, those lanes hard. Whoa. He comes. Well, no, but I'm saying he's not. He's obviously not six foot three, two hundred forty pounds, but he runs very aggressively, <laughs> like he has that weight behind him. Great burst. You need to wrap up on him. Um, and he had an incredible spin move. It was he, he would hit the line if there was contact there, and and someone squeaked through. His offensive line struggled at times. He would hit a good spin move, and he would be 
past the line of scrimmage in a second. Nobody's wrapping him up in those situations. But to attest to his his aggressiveness and his feistiness and his, and his level of anger that he, he that he runs with, there was one play that I watched where um, he was running and as he was getting uh, attempted to be tackled and pushed out of bounds, he grabbed the dude's face mask and started a pretty big fight on the field <laughs> because he didn't want to go down. Um, so that, that, that level of anger is something that's very exciting to see in a running back. Oh man, you gotta love it. Like I, uh, I hate to go all the way back to the top here, but there was a James Robinson play that I saw where, you know, he's getting, uh, chased out of bounds. It looks like he's going out of bounds and it's just all going to be good. And then at the last second, he just plants his foot and truck and just levels the tackler out of bounds oh. for no reason. Everybody's just going out of bounds. It's going to be okay. Play save your legs. James Robinson thought otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh next guy yep uh aaron dawson please get some tape you have incredible stats i just want to see you play uh running back from central connecticut state uh 510 220 big back strong back obviously 122 attempts 896 yards and 13 touchdowns he had 7.3 yards per carry i just want to see some of those plays Eight receptions, 123 yards, and one touchdown. He had 1,019 all-purpose yards last year. Obviously an instrumental part of Central Connecticut State's offense. His rushing numbers aren't that remarkable, but he had so few carries. His rush average was astounding. (laughs) It was hard to not have him on this list. Um, He'll probably see a more increased role, especially with their quarterback recently graduating. I'm horrible with remembering names sometimes, but – He's gone, so Dawson will be in a perfect position to take over. Right after him is Shane Simpson from Towson, backmate of the Tom Flacco, who we love talking about, and he was very, very helpful to him. Only 5'9 to 200 pounds, but still an impactful player. 151 carries, 711 yards, six touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry on that. He also had 39 receptions. 356 yards with five touchdowns and on the season if you include his kick return yards he had 2058 all-purpose yards able to really take over games did everything and anything that you needed for uh Towson and in watching him he's a you know a shifty lighter back that's not really that heavy and you can see that from his weight but he does have very good vision he makes very good cuts and he comes out of those cuts very cleanly and is able to transition very well, which is a promising thing to see in a running back. And the final guy on our list here. Oh, yeah. Quay Holmes, running back from ETSU, 6'1", 216 pounds. Uh, Last year, he had 205 carries, 928 yards, and 4.5 yards per carry with 13 touchdowns. He also caught the ball 34 times, Joe. Uh, 270 yards, 279 yards receiving and two receiving touchdowns. And the film I got to watch uh, of him uh, just running uh, was from uh, ETSU school report about their uh, spring game. Uh, They were talking about how he's going to emerge as the lead runner. uh, And he is a three yards in a cloud of dust type of running back. All everything I pulled up on him, uh, they just returned that said that he gets first downs. And that's that's the biggest thing that that resonated with me is he's a running back that gets first down. So he's able to convert third and fours and unders, which is a really big deal. 
especially in this conference because you know each lineman is as strong as each or, or this yeah each lineman is as strong as each other so it's up to the running back to be stronger than the linebackers and stronger than the arms uh, outreached by a defensive tackle or defensive end and Quay Holmes is that all right, so that is the conclusion of our list. But this week, what we have that we did not have last week is we have some freshmen to watch, and we're going to try and have that going forward, and we'll alternate here on our list. The first guy is – these are all true freshmen coming in. Josh McKenzie, who had eight Power 5 offers but chose to go play at Yale, five foot nine, 180 pounds. And uh, behind him – or the next one, not behind. Uh, Ahmad Antoine uh, for Prairie View A&M, 5'10", 180, and had five Power 5 offers. Last person on here who probably won't play because of James Robinson, but don't be surprised if he gets some carries and some looks because he's a very good runner. Nigel White for Illinois State, 5'10", 180, and he had offers from Syracuse, Louisville, and Utah um, and he ended up cho- choosing to go to Illinois State in potential to take over for James Robinson when he leaves. A uh, little bit of fun fact, if you know anything about the Bosa's, Nick and Joey Bosa, he came from the same high school as them, St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. That being said, that is it for our running back segment. You have any closing thoughts, Sean? Uh, I mean, this is probably going to be my favorite episode that we've done. So okay. the next eight, uh, maybe I'll just tag somebody in or something. Oh, you're going to tag somebody in? Because it's all going to go downhill. Line. It's all going to go personally downhill from here. <laughs> just <Okay>. for my <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you're not going to talk about linemen? I'll talk about linemen. It's fine. Uh, do you no, – uh... <laughs> Do people want to hear me talk about linemen? <laughs> you might have to – you might be doing that, that, that episode – on your own, I might just be sitting in the background going, yep, uh-huh, okay, okay. yep, okay. That's fine. Uh-huh. That's fine with me. But the way that you're setting that up makes me think that there's going to be a specialist episode. No, there's I- not. There's not. I'm not talking about specialists. Because I had to talk about uh, Aiden O'Neill. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, that's his name, Aiden O'Neill. But I, I, I do not want to talk about it or give any recognition to any of the others. <laughs> Uh, slappy specialists out oh, there. We don't deserve wow. it. <laughs> okay, so we had some. I mean, I, I'm not complaining because we had some interaction with the show. Uh, Very, we had a lot of interaction we had a, this a week. A lot popping off this week. Um, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, Rusty, Let's or do you want to start with McLaughlin? Let's start with. Oh, you're gonna get into that. Okay, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Rusty. So this week we don't have any questions, but we wanted to address some of the interaction because we like to hear from people and we like to acknowledge you if you give us some uh, recognition. You know, even if we get to a day where we have like 30 people, which that's very optimistic, sending us feedback after an episode, we'll still try and touch upon all 30 of those people. Um, Well, you can hold us to that if we don't. So the uh, the first one here from Rusty, he followed both of us and he decided to tweet to us uh, that he thought we did a nice job. But <laughs> a day later, he does not fail to roast me on Twitter um, on I forget which day it was. I think it was on Wednesday. Uh, Sean and I got into an interaction with our former uh, boss who we interned for Andy Gresh, who is um, an on air uh, radio personality for CBS Sports Radio and also in 
Rhode Island, a former Rhode Island football player. And it was a, a, a jovial interaction because of one of the other interns that we had with us um, decided to tag a video with, with Gresh of him falling while playing basketball. And that also ensued Sean and I pointing out how unathletic we were. Uh, you know, it was a fun little conversation. Gresh yeah. obviously had very had a lot of fun at he, our he expense. <laughs> funny responses for everything. You know, I yeah. throw down a picture of me uh, having a massive wipeout during inside run, and yeah. I'm looking at I it again that. now. Oh man, I just I, I mean I slide for like three yards. Yeah, and that's just... a lot of weight sliding. <laughs> then, um, yeah, the O line room got a big pop out of that, and then Joe posts this video of him going down to cover for punt, and then our punter pops a ball up. I'd say about. <laughs> Eight or nine feet in the air, and Joe, while running, takes <laughs> takes. I don't know if it's a half-hearted jump, what it is, but he. It's like when you're doing the cherry picker warm-ups in PE in yeah. elementary school. He just kind of <laughs> skips and jumps with the. So hand, let me let me explain that. Let me explain that. So that was during the season, like midway through the season, and you know, I I get excited. I'm running down. And there's no coverage, and I'm running down in the and Garrow's obviously a very below average punter, <laughs> or was a below below average punter. His, he knows he was a below average Continue. punter, so I don't Just... care. Um, it's like a 30 yard punt. The thing bounces, and I see that it's bouncing, and I started to jump, and then I looked that it was bouncing way higher than I I anticipated <laughs> because my level of awareness and ball judgment is very poor. Uh, I was not a baseball player. Uh, so I started to jump, and then I kind of stopped myself halfway through. So it just looks like this very, very poor attempt at trying oh, to jump. Oh, you're saying you could have jumped higher? <laughs> Not much, but I, 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 that was me cutting myself off. But I just remember going back, and I, I remember when the, the punt film was up, I was like, I got to go see myself trying to jump because I know I look like an absolute clown, and I saved it during training. Actually, I think it was during training camp. It looks like it. I think oh it was during gosh. training camp, but I saved that and it was perfect timing. I was like, I, I need to go find out if I have this video. <laughs> Rusty, Rusty okay. did not fail to uh, get... see that this conversation. Okay. He said, I bet I could put a, uh, he said, I bet I could butt a, a debit card underneath that vert hashtag jump man. <laughs> so, okay. Rusty <laughs> made me look like a fool. <laughs> okay. Rusty. I want to uh, see you. I want to see your vert. Please. Yeah, yeah. Mid- Send us the video of you jumping. <laughs> at mid fourth rounder. We get it. I we appreciate the support. I want to see your vertical now. That's all that matters to me. That's all that's gonna matter to me for the next week. Also, are we gonna talk about the hero sports beef? Uh I, I guess I didn't know we had beef. <laughs> I have beef. <laughs> It, it, it's made up beef. You're an idiot. Go ahead and explain it. Okay. To, and I'm gonna re, I'm gonna debunk everything. Well, Brian McLaughlin uh, from Hero Sports, he does a really good uh, bit on Twitter where it's uh, FCS players that follow him. You know, and uh, if you followed him, he'll give you a shout out and he'll give the big list. And it's you know, it's actually a pretty nice thing that he does. And I followed him, and I got that back, and I got the little mention that made me happy. Uh, but and Joe also got uh, f- uh or followed uh Brian McLaughlin a while ago. You followed a while him. ago. And did you get the mention? Did you get the big mention? Um, not back then because he wasn't doing that at the gotcha. time. Gotcha. But I guess it's humbling that we people still don't know who we are within the FCS. Yeah. 
because, you know, you're like, oh, hero sports guy, kind of in the same boat here. You know, we're doing the thing, FCS recruiting, all that. No follow back. No follow back from Sam Herter either. Mm. What do Wait, we have to do, you, Joe? Hey, what are you talking about? You said Brian did follow you back. No, no, no. I, I, I misspoke. I followed him. No follow back. Oh, he never followed you back? No. Does he follow you back? Yeah, he followed me back. Oh, my goodness. You told me he did follow you back. No, I didn't. Go check. Go double check. Regardless. Regardless. I'm looking at at Sam Herter's mug. No follows back. I'm looking at Brian McLaughlin. No follow back. You know what the one non-follow back that actually does make me a little bit mad? The Sam Herter one I can get because they probably don't want to, you know, you got to keep that ratio, man. But the um, FCS um, Fan Nation. FCS Nation Radio? No, not FCS Nation Radio. The FCS okay. Radio guys are great, but FCS Fan Nation, who has a, a pretty good following, um, they do their own podcast. I followed them a while ago, and I've re-followed them recently, and they still will not follow me back. All right, I'm going to follow so them. That makes, that makes me a little bit annoyed that they don't follow me back. So we're starting beef here Let's, uh, on so the FCS cool. podcast. So if cool. you don't follow us back, then you know we're going to have problems. I just think – I. Well, that petty. <laughs> is it petty? Is that what it is? Oh, dude. Nah, we're just we're just trying to have some fun. I, <laughs> it's petty fun. What can we hold off of? Because uh, Herder, he's not getting his helmet until we get the follow back. No. What is McLaughlin? What are we? He has nothing to lose. What can we hold That's over? True. His I don't head? know. I don't know why he's not following you. I don't know why he mm. followed me, but he wouldn't follow you. I don't know. I, you know. Um. I'm just gonna save it. Uh, what do we? <laughs> okay, the last little bit of feedback that we wanted to talk about, and the reason why we're talking about this is because we would love to get some more feedback. And finally, we got some really in-depth feedback from Tyler Cheek, who has been um, one of the first people who started listening to us and has always been a great interaction with us on social media. Um, but if you ever want to give us any feedback, anything shoot Sean or I a, a tweet or a DM. We'll give us, we'll give you our, our emails. You can send us an email or you can um, just straight DM us. My Twitter is at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And Sean's is at Sean Anderson 65. But Tyler um, was willing to give us some feedback. He reached out to us on Twitter the, the, the same way that everybody else could and asked for our emails. Um, and he obviously had a little bit more personal stake in the last episode because his brother, is Davis Cheek, who plays at Elon, who is an incredible quarterback. Um, And he had a couple uh, qualms with some of the things that we were talking about as far as the quarterbacks go. And the only thing I wanted to point out was that I had previously had had said, and I also emailed Tyler back and I told him this, um, is that I think that Davis can finish the year and will probably finish the year as one of the best quarterbacks. But we were trying to give the guys that had a full year the benefit of the doubt. I understand Davis missed time due to an injury, which is unfortunate. Um, But it's tough to give a full evaluation on someone that didn't throw that many passes because they were limited by an injury. Um, And it's just not fair to some of the other guys that also were able to give a full season's worth. Right. So when we're talking about this next – you know, in the next few months when the season's over and we're reevaluating these lists, however we decide to do it, I will we will probably be talking about uh, Davis in the same light as some of the other guys. In addition to that, um, I got it pulled up. 
What do you have pulled up? Kyle Jensen picking me apart. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and address that? Uh, For the the Austin Simmons uh, post that Believe put up, you know, me talking about how how I like them and how I just thought he could have worked on his arm strength. I mean, and then uh, Kyle Jensen, big miss. His biggest room for improvement being his arm strength, so he didn't like that take. His arm strength is legitimately one of the best in all of college football right now. Out of all the other aspects of his game, uh, it's actually where he needs the least improvement. Uh, I appreciate that, Kyle. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I just, from what I saw in the highlights, uh, I mean, I guess he has, it's, he was just kind of, he was tossing it up. And I, I think he does have a strong arm. But with shorter quarterbacks, they need to have cannons, absolute mm-hmm. cannons, if they want to make it in the league. And I'm not saying he doesn't have a strong arm. I was just saying that that's something that he def- that every quarterback – and him, especially because he is a little undersized, needs to uh, really develop if they want that legitimate shot. Because if you can really sling it and throw lasers and throw bombs that a quarterback that's 6'5 can, then they're, the, court, the the coaches in the NFL aren't going to care as much. Or the scouts, they're going to give you a shot, at least a uh, practice squad or backup or something to see what you can do. But if you're a little undersized and you can't, throw like throw it as hard or as far as the 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 bigger quarterbacks you're going to get less of a shot it's just something that i wanted to throw in an address as a room for improvement because no one wants to hear a show where it's all positive and there's no solution exactly there we go there has to be a solution that's what me and joe are trying to develop here yep we're here to fix it Uh, uh, but yeah, I, it was good feedback. Appreciate it. Okay. Always do. That being that being said, though, Tyler, I uh, just want to say thank you to, the, to you. Uh, he was able to point out some things that were working well, some things that weren't, weren't, and we're 100% taking that into consideration. Some of the things you said we completely agreed with that we needed to, to work on and improve. But again, if you want like this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Anything at all, if you want to shoot us a question, um, ask us you know, dumb things, whether it's unrelated or not, we will always address it. We'll gladly talk to you. I, we will never ghost anyone. We will never ghost anyone. We're not those type of people. We don't have that many followers to really be doing that. So, um, that being said, I think that's going to be it for the FCS podcast this week. Sean, any closing thoughts? Um, just check out some of the other shows on believe. Uh, I mean, we're, we're expanding, we're, we're growing, we're doing things here. Uh, it's really worth your time. A lot of quality shows, a lot of quality content we're putting up. Um, just peruse around if you would and see what, uh, catches your eye. All righty. And that is going to be it for us on the FCS podcast. Make sure you check us out wherever you can find a podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play, the iHeartRadio app, and also on the believe.com B L E A V.com website we are also there uh in addition to that make sure you follow sean and i on twitter at joe DeLeon and at sean anderson 65 as well as following believe on twitter and instagram at believe b-l-e-a-v podcasts uh, again that is gonna be it for us folks and have a wonderful rest of your day
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.